This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Butumelo Nsoko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Butumelo Nsoko. In a landmark ruling last week, the Pretoria High Court declared parts of the Divorce Act unconstitutional and invalid. According to various reports, this clears the way for spouses married after November 1, 1984, within the out-of-community of property without the accrual system, to ask the court to exercise its discretion and order that any asset or any sum of money be transferred from one spouse to another. Eric Jordan, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest, joins us on this episode to give us more insight into what exactly this ruling means and how it will impact marital contracts as well as divorces going forward. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for the opportunity. Before we get into the High Court judgment and what it means, could you please give us a quick breakdown of the Divorce Act? Sure. The Divorce Act is is the piece of legislation that really governs how a divorce is given effect to, in other words, in terms of how the parties arrange the matters when their two estates are are divided, as well as matters regarding custody, maintenance, etc. So that's the piece of legislation that the courts will, will use to determine how to give effect to that divorce uh, agreement. Can you please tell us more about this judgment and what the effects of it would be should the Constitutional Court confirm it? Certainly. So, as you said in your introduction, the decision that was handed down in the Pretoria High Court, and it dealt with a matter where the parties were married out of community of property, excluding the accrual system, and that marriage took place in 1988. When the parties divorced, the courts wanted to, or was asked to make a ruling on whether or not the, specifically Section 7.3 of the Divorce Act is constitutional insofar as it excludes a party married out of community of property without the accrual system after 1984 from laying a claim on the other party's assets based on the an equitable distribution of those assets. So where this emanated from is that in this case, the one party uh, was a stay-at-home mom, uh, meaning she looked after the family, looked after the kids, made sure that they were well-educated, and which meant, meant that she could not attend to furthering her own career, could not um, uh, grow her own estate, whereas the, the husband was the in a position where he could continue his farming operations, was very successful at it, and that allowed him to grow his estate quite substantially. When the parties then got to a position where they had to end the marriage and uh, there was a divorce matter, the wife wanted to have an equitable distribution of the growth that, that was that took place in her husband's estate while they were married. And really what was the matter um, was about was that she wanted to have a, an equitable uh, share of the growth in that estate, in other words, value that she added to his estate while they were married. If someone is married under a similar contract, but they have been divorced for a while, can they now approach the court for a settlement? Yes, each matter, it would have to be to be dealt with based on the facts of each case. And that could have various consequences like the date on which the divorce took place, 
whether the divorce was done via a settlement agreement or if it was a contested matter where the court made a ruling. Um, so those are some of the some of the factors that would have to be taken into account. But in essence, it is possible to have a divorce order uh, amended, uh, and you would have to either appeal that um, decision that was made by the court, or you would have to apply for a variation of that divorce settlement or divorce order that was granted by the court based on the settlement agreement. Whether or not the success of that, that would definitely de- depend on the, the, the facts of each matter and how that uh, outcome will obviously then depend on, on those factors. And if someone is considering doing this, would they have to wait for the constitutional court to confirm this ruling first? Yes, I think that would definitely be the first step. At this point in time, the matter was referred to the constitutional court to to confirm that ruling. Uh, once that, that is done, it will definitely provide some more uh, direction and a firmer basis on which you you could apply for any such variation or if you are in the process of being divorced of actually claiming for a distribution of assets on the basis of this of this judgment for those who are considering getting married what should they consider when choosing a marital contract especially in light of this ruling yes so when you're looking at getting married and considering your options Currently, there are three various options of marital regimes available. So either you would be married in community of property, which means there's no formal agreement entered into uh, before your date of marriage. But that means that both your uh, estates are merged into one joint estate, which obviously comes with certain uh, practical implications and potential problems uh, down the line, uh, especially where there's looking at contractual ability of each of the parties. The other option would then be to be married out of community of property, either with the accrual system or without the accrual system. The difference between those two is that the accrual system automatically will entitle a party at the end of the divorce to a equal share in the growth of each party's uh, assets while the marriage was in, in existence. So that would be a much clearer uh, claim in terms of what each party would be entitled to. The third option would then be to be married out of community of property without the accrual system, which means that there's no automatic claim to each other's uh, growth in each other's estates. But yes, this new ruling does open the door to not leave a party destitute if that was the system that you chose to have applicable to your marriage. Um, and uh, you put your own uh, career on hold to further um, the, the marriage as such. What financial planning should a stay-at-home spouse undertake so that they don't end up in an adverse situation after they're divorced? Yes, it's very important while you uh, are, if you are a stay-at-home spouse, that you do financial planning almost on an independent basis to, to ensure that if anything do do happens, and we're not just talking about a divorce, but also if there's one of, a death of one of the spouses, what your specific position would be. And it's important to understand the implications of, of such an event and how your position would or, or arrange to, to allow you to, to move forward with your own life. Often what spouses can do is start to make investments in their personal capacity, and that could could just provide some more security to, for instance, a stay-at-home spouse that that he or she would be able to 
to at least look after themselves while the other party's estate is wound up in the event of a death or if there are a, a divorce that is not subject to to a claim that needs to be proved in, in a court of law. Obviously, in terms of spouses, um, any donations made between spouses are exempt of, of, of donations tax, so that doesn't make uh, things easier to be able to transfer assets from one spouse to the other and have assets um, invested in that uh, specific spouse's name. Why would someone go this route of contesting for um, a settlement versus maybe going um, according to the Maintenance Act? Yeah, so often the Maintenance Act will only provide certain limitations to it in terms of the lifestyle that uh, any person was accustomed to, for how long the marriage uh, was in, in existence, and also takes into account that individual spouse's uh, personal um, assets and what they would be entitled to, or how they would be able to provide for them for, for themselves. This claim itself is, is much wider and it looks at the full growth of, of the assets and it needs to determine what's an equitable distribution of the growth in each party's assets while, they, while the marriage was in, ex, in existence and, and looks at what contribution each spouse made to that specific marriage and, and obviously what that resulted in terms of the growth in, in, in asset value. This ruling caused a lot of debate on social media, with some justifying the wife not receiving a settlement by saying that if the husband is the only one working, the least the wife could do is look after the home and kids. However, as a flip side to this, a few years ago, a study found that if a housewife were to be compensated for all the work that she does, her pay could end up in the region of 50,000 rand per month, which could be argued as a considerable saving for the husband. What are your thoughts on this debate? Yes, it's quite a, a tricky question. And, but really, when you, when you look at it objectively, if you look at uh, when parties are married and, and they're building a life together, each party does bring something to the whole that allows either one party to, to focus more on their career and, and build some wealth, um, while the other party potentially looks after raising of the family, etc. So each party does bring into the marriage a, a value, and, and that should be uh, rewarded or considered uh, in, in some way or form. What the exact amount is of what that uh, equitable uh, distribution or what contribution each party makes to the marriage is very difficult to put that into, into numbers, as it very much depends on the party's lifestyles, what they uh, accustomed to, um, so each one, so that would have to be considered in each individual case. But as principal matter, to me, it definitely is is a justifiable uh, claim to have against against the the other party in the event of a divorce. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us on this episode. Thank you, and thanks a lot for the opportunity. Much appreciated. That was Eric Jordan, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy Podcast, hosted by Buitamelo and Sorko. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money